News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Messias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to episode 155 of the Luke Messias Show. Guys, this is my third take. I started, and then I was gurgly voiced, and it was weird. I had to start drinking something, and then I recorded an entire episode for y'all filled with incredibly eloquent exposition, and then the file that, like, recorded it was corrupted. I don't know. So now I'm telling you again, and it's hard for me. I don't really write this down word for word. Like, I don't use a script. So now I have to remember everything I said and try to say it again. We're going to give it a go. Here's the deal. First, I voted early. You see here the little sticker. Uh, If you haven't listened to last week's episode, you really should. Um, I've I've encouraged – we've gotten a ton of great feedback from it. Um, People like it every single year we do it. we have given you a path to legally vote more than once in Texas. Doesn't that sound like a pretty compelling path, plan, something worth looking into and implementing? Uh, and, and honestly, it's it, first of all, illegally voting is a misdemeanor in Texas, just to be clear. So even if it was illegal, it wouldn't even be that big of a deal because the Republicans in the legislature reduced the criminal penalty. Now, I think it's a big deal, but they don't really think it's that big of a deal. Here's the good news. The Luke Messiah Show episode, that definitely gives you a legal way to cast more than one ballot. So you should listen to it because it, I think, is something really effective. And if more Texans did it, then more people would engage in the political process. So take a look. Um, Today we're going to talk about what the Brooks-Landgraf situation tells us teaches us, I almost think reminds us about the Texas House of Representatives, the legislature. Um, So most of you are probably saying, well, what Brooks-Landgraf situation are you even talking about? So I got to give you a little context. Brooks-Landgraf is a state representative. He is from the city of Odessa, which is a little west of Midland. He is a top lieutenant of Dade Phelan. He is a chairman of the Texas House uh, in the Texas House of Representatives um, and somebody who is very powerful and influential. About a week and a half ago, some pretty significant allegations began to surface. Actually, maybe even several weeks ago, some allegations began to surface, and there was a lot of rumbling around Texas, around Austin inside circles and West Texas circles that um, some of Brooks' extracurricular activities um, where he was being less than faithful to his wife uh, were potentially going to come out. And those allegations have come out very publicly first on social media, then reported in Current Revolt, and then reported in the Texas Scorecard, and and it has begun to get picked up by even the local newspapers in Brooks's own house district. One of the sheriffs, the Winkler County Sheriff, even removed his endorsement from Brooks over these allegations. And he has decided to basically hide Okay, so there's not even one allegation. So I want to be clear. It's like there's a lot of different women that are involved in these allegations. Um, And so there's various texts and messages and Facebook messages and grinder messages and all sorts of stuff out there that has been released. There's probably some true information that's come out. And there's probably some information that's come out that probably is less than truthful. So I, I don't know. 
But I know there's a whole lot of allegations that have come out. And that his strategy, his entire hope, and this really shows the priority of the public officials that we have in the Republican Party, a lot of the Republican officials that we have, um, is, man, I hope I have no accountability for this. I mean, the guy could be in California for all I know. He is nowhere in Odessa. He is canceling events. He is not showing up at places. He is running as far as he can because he wants nothing to do with answering any questions. Now, you know, silence is often seen as an admission of guilt from people in the community because if you're somebody who hasn't done these things and a bunch of people come out and say, I've got pictures and I've got text messages and I've got all this stuff that this guy's doing and you haven't done that, you come out and say, these are lies, but he's not saying that. And why isn't he saying that? Well, a lot of people would say maybe he's not saying that because it's all true. And that's, I guess, where I have to kind of let you all know something, which is that the allegations and accusations that Brooks Landgraf has had what some people would refer to as a woman problem and not woman singular because, you know, if you're married, you have a woman and that is the person you have committed in your life to be faithful to. Um, but he has a multiple woman problem. And even as a even as someone who um, was a freshman legislator, I can recall countless conversations with lobbyists, Austin insiders, state representatives, his own freshman colleagues said, yeah, I think Brooks is not doing the best stuff. I think Brooks is, has a wandering eye is what you'll hear sometimes. I think Brooks has a woman problem. This is the Austin Swamp. And one of the things you'll quickly realize the more deep you get into the process is that this goes on all the time. And it's a sad reality that exists when power and money and all of the other vices that come, all the other things that promise us pleasure fulfillment, when those are on the table, which they are in politics, then it shouldn't surprise us that sex is on the table, too. And so in this situation, we have a lawmaker whose alleged behavior is being publicized and who is running as far as he can from having to answer at all. Now, here's the thing you have to understand about politicians. They want to get public credit for everything they do, but they do not want or believe in public criticism for any of their actions. It's just the general rule that most officials and politicians live by. They would, they are offended when someone holds them accountable for a vote they took. But if they do the right thing, you better scream from the mountaintops that they voted for a bill even if it was a bill that they hadn't supported for years. This uh, episode's brought to you by Rudy's, country store and barbecue. It's really not. I'm just letting you know that. Um, here's the other thing that we kind of are reminded about <clears throat> through the Brooks Landgraf situation is that, and that's why I kind of brought in the fact that, like, this is, if you were in Austin, you would not be sitting here going, oh, my gosh, seriously, Brooks 
those questions aren't being asked. These are things that many people have alleged and accused for a very long time, his entire tenure. We're reminded that the legislature, the Texas House of Representatives, rewards bad behavior. It's not that they tolerate bad behavior. It's not that they don't call out bad behavior. It's that those who act badly will often move up the hierarchical chain. They are given more power in Dade Phelan's legislature. That is the culture and environment that Dade Phelan has perpetuated as speaker. He is not the one who came up with it, however. Dennis Bonin had a very similar hierarchical structure. Joe Strauss had a very similar hierarchical structure. It was bad behavior that was rewarded. Those who acted virtuously, who attempted to be held accountable and live, they're not said, oh, wow, let's pick those ones and put them in more powerful positions. Maybe this other state rep, I mean, we're not, he is a state rep. He has to be given authority and power and influence, but like, let's not move him up because of these other issues he has. But that's not the environment in Austin. Even amongst all the chairmen, the people that you would look at, okay, there, there is a range, don't get me wrong, there's a range of people that are really liberal and people that are more conservative. But your path to even being a more conservative chairman is to move in the wrong direction. It is to move in a direction that favors the established ruling elite hierarchical class. It is an acknowledgement of their power. It's a subservience to them. And your willingness to do that will help get you more favor along the way. That's the environment in Austin. That's the environment in Texas. I'm just going to tell you something right now. If I had to put money on it, I would bet that Brooks Landgraf gets reelected. He's been one of the most liked incumbent politicians for a while in, in the Texas House. I'm really not, uh, I don't think that's a, a even too strong of a statement. I will tell you that, I mean, there's so many different numbers I've looked at in the past who have, that have shown me that Brooks is literally one of the more popular incumbent Republicans within all of these different Republicans in their own home counties. Uh, I do think uh, from talking to people in that community that People are moving from him rather quickly. But I would bet that he probably still holds on. And it's going to be really interesting to see what happens after, if he does. If he does hold on, what happens after that? Here's something I was remembering when this all came up. Um, I think it was... I think it was 20... 16, maybe it was 2014, but I think it was 2016, that um, Jonathan Stickland, anybody who knows me politically knows I've worked with Jonathan Stickland and, and ran his campaigns in 2012 when he first ran one and then all the subsequent campaigns after. Um, the opposition researchers found some old fantasy football league accounts forums where Jonathan in his, I think, early 20s, at the time, um, had been chatting up and talking trash with a bunch of his buddies at the time. And 
he said a lot of things that he would never say now um, within conversations and communication um, in these forums. And so I was running his campaign at the time, and this had been dug up with Speaker Strauss and all of his lieutenants, and their whole goal was to try to silence their top critic in the legislature. And um, Jonathan did something very different from Brooks Landgraf, and that's why I'm going to kind of bring this up as an example. He didn't hide. He didn't fly out. He didn't go on a cruise and say, I'm just going to leave for the next several weeks, and hopefully this just doesn't go anywhere. He wrote a letter to his constituents and said, you are going, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the letter in front of me. I could, but um, he said, essentially, you're going to read things that I said, and I'm not here to tell you I didn't say them. I'm here to tell you that that is not the person I am today. It's not the person I was when I got elected in 2012. And it's not the person I'm going to continue to be. And he credited his Christian faith for the biggest transformation that had changed since um, that time, and that he was not walking with the Lord at the time. Um, And also just the fact that he was in a completely different place with children and with your priorities and your value systems and all things that change along the way. And it was really interesting because the establishment had convinced themselves like we found it. And the whole goal was to come in and call this person a hypocrite. Jonathan Stickland's a hypocrite. That was the accusation. But instead, it backfired because his approach was, this is the thing I did, and it was wrong. And the voters of the community were like, got it. Thanks for telling me. And he continued to serve in the Texas legislature. And what they thought would have just destroyed him didn't. But it's because he actually went to his community and said, here's the deal. Very few people are willing to actually admit they have done anything problematic. It takes a decent amount of humility and understanding that you serve these people and I'm going to have an honest conversation with you. And that's where we're at. The Brooks Landgraf stuff teaches us all sorts of things. It reminds us more. I don't really know that I learned anything new, but it was just a reminder that it's the bad behavior that is promoted within the current culture of the Texas House. And this is what we're up against. This is what we fight. This is what we talk about. This is what we educate people on. Uh, Texas Scorecard has covered this story and will likely cover it if there's any additional developments. And so I would just stay tuned um, over the next several weeks if this is a story that you want to follow and see. On election night, you can look it up on the Texas Secretary of State's website to see how Brooks does. But uh, recognize that Um, we are being reminded of the fact that the current makeup of the legislature and the culture in there is one that promotes the bad behavior. To be clear, we all have bad behavior in our lives. We're about to enter a season of Lent. 
the next couple weeks. And for those of you who don't practice Lent, I would encourage you to, even as a Protestant. I've been, practiced Lent for over a decade now. Um, and it is a time of preparing our hearts for Easter. Uh, one of the devotionals I've read during Lent says, I, uh, I practice Lent because I know that my heart is not ready to fully celebrate the miracle of Easter, the miracle of the accomplished work of Christ on the cross. And so we do not work that out or accomplish it ourselves within the practice of Lent, but what we do is through almsgiving, through prayer, through sacrifice of some sort, um, we begin to uh, recognize and remember how dependent we are on the saving work of Christ. And so this is not a, uh, a finger-pointing conversation about how Brooks has somehow done something that no one else would possibly do. But the point is that when King David was confronted with his sin, he repented of his sin. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to repentance. And what would make the Texas house a better place would be if there was an ounce of repentance within the culture of the legislature. And it's just not there. It is a place filled with finger pointers. Blame game. Hiding who's at fault. Knowing the sins that exist and maybe just kind of like not asking the right questions. I don't want to know. I want to be able to still tweet like, happy birthday, Brooks. You're one of the best, most conservative fighters in the house. We're lucky to have you. And if I don't know about your extracurricular activities because I don't ask any questions, then even though I hear the rumors, then I can still do all that. The good news is that's probably why we have so many different citizens running for the legislature all across the state. And some of those will win and some of them will lose. And the culture will be different next session. I don't know if it will be better or worse. Depends on the election results in the next couple weeks. And depends on the decisions that the people who do get elected make about what they're going to do when they get there, knowing that they're walking into a really bad culture. And a lot of them don't, which is why they need... Texans to talk to them and tell them and prepare them. Well, we are in the final stages of uh, an election that's been building up for a long time that we've covered. So, again, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please go back and do it. Please go back and listen. Please consider sharing with other people. I would consider you to take the steps that we outlined in last week's episode to see um, what kind of impact you can have. Thank you for listening to The Luke Messiah Show. This program is brought to you by Scorecard Media. Check out texasscorecard.com to read up on all things Texas. Scorecard Media has other podcasts as well. Yeah, they're not as good as this one, but you should still check them out. Honestly, though, visit texasscorecard.com to see all the content they're producing on a daily basis. If you'd like our podcast to grow, please consider subscribing to the show on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review. That helps others find the content we're producing. Thank you. God bless you, and God bless Texas.